Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch, this is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Assistant Features Editor at the Dispatch, and if you're like me, maybe you've noticed that even though the nights are getting darker... They're also, in a way, getting lighter. That's because people all over central Ohio have declared, let there be light, as in holiday lights. That means that yards are getting filled with twinkle lights, colored lights, Rudolph lights, Santa lights, and much more. And homeowners aren't the only ones getting in on the action. The granddaddy could be said to be wild lights at the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. It runs through January 6th and features 3 million LED lights over the zoo's 500 acres, transforming it into a winter wonderland. There's an animated light show, a meet and greet with Rudolph and friends, and much more. At the Franklin Park Conservatory and Botanical Gardens, there will be holiday decorations, including light installations, glass ornaments, and a model railway through January 2nd. But there's only one three-mile-long light show that you can enjoy from the comfort and warmth of your car. That would be Butch Brando's Fantasy of Lights at Alum Creek in Delaware. It runs through January 1st, with Military Appreciation Nights November 27th through the 29th and December 26th and 27th. It features over a million LED lights and more animated light displays, some made by students at the Delaware Area Career Center, than you can shake a snowball at. Today, Dante Bando, who helped create this fantasy of lights, is here to tell us more about his secret to spreading holiday cheer. Hi, Dante. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So for people who have never been to Butch Bando's fantasy of lights before, what can they expect? What are they going to see? Well, they can expect to see a uh, roughly three-mile-long drive through holiday light show. We are one of the largest, most densely displayed light shows, so they can expect to experience a comfortable, you know, warm, yet brilliant and exhilarating light show that they can experience with friends and family. So I see that you guys are going to have, you know, one million lights, over 80 displays. That's a lot of holiday spirit. That's also got to be a big power bill. But I understand that you guys have taken some steps in recent years to help lower that a little bit. Yes. You know, it used to be an entirely incandescent show. The show's been around since 1999, and LED technology did not exist in this particular lighting back then. And even if it did, it wasn't economical. So through the years, with LED technology being introduced and now becoming a little bit more economical, we were actually able to update the entire show, remove all the old C7 and C9 incandescents, and update all of them to LED, which varies in the amount per display and fixture and things like that on how much power savings you see. But we saw roughly about a 40 to 50% power savings overall. Not only did it reduce the amount of power that we needed through the show, but it allowed us most importantly to eliminate the use of five very large generators that were needed to power basically half of the show. And we are now able to power entirely off of shore power and reduce the electrical use of the show overall. And it's been a great experience. So 
not only are we a little bit more eco-friendly, but to be honest, to view the show as an all-LED show is just breathtaking. So you talk about breathtaking. What's your favorite display? You know, what's your personal favorite out of all the ones that are out there? So I'm an advocate for tree picking up stars, what the, the display is called. And it is a relatively old display, but it's just this cute little display where a, uh, the star falls off the top of a tree and the tree bends over and picks it back up. It's extremely cheesy, but it's funny because you talk to people and you realize that, you know, there are a lot of other people who like that sort of cheesy feel of it. And then, you know, we have some other ones that are very classically beautiful. We have a new display this year that was created by DACC that's uh, I, I definitely have a soft spot for. It's just a beautifully executed display. But, you know, if it comes down to it and you make me pick one, it's it's always going to be tree picking up star. Is there one display over the years that for one reason or another just never quite worked out, maybe for practical reasons or for whatever? Um, so, <laughs> you know what? The, the, the show is uh, entirely comprised of displays that are hard to work out from a practical standpoint. <laughs> it's a bear to put up and a bear to take down, but it's a labor of love. And, you know, the displays through the years, we try to maintain them, trade them in and bring in new displays. Uh, new to, We have custom displays made, things like that. So there are displays that are a little bit more difficult than others to set up and maintain. But, you know, we, we love what we do. So to work for a month solid and at the end, be able to flick the switch and see all of those things come on and then see the smiling faces of families and, and enjoy your hard work. It's worth it. It doesn't matter how difficult a display is. If it's a good display, we're going to put it in there. What's the creative process that goes into creating these, both with you and, and with some of the students who help work on these? So uh, it varies. We have some stock designs that we can purchase for manufacturers. And then when it comes down to creating custom displays, we sort of look at, say, for instance, when we create one with the ACC, the first one we create with them. We wanted to let the students have free reign of the design and see what they can come up with and see what they could challenge themselves with. And it turned out beautifully. It was an intricate display of a snowman welding on a package. And then, you know, the next year, this year, we got to talking with Paul Hutland, the CEO of uh, Recreation Unlimited, which is one of the charities we benefit. And he had expressed interest in maybe having a display created uh, specifically for them. And we instantly jumped on it. And the students instantly took pride in it and ownership in it. And it was really neat to see the, the, the students go from a drawing on a whiteboard that uh, Kelly and I, uh, Kelly's the VP of operations, we were we were able to go in and check it out and give them some critique and some suggestions and things like that. And to be able to watch them take it from that whiteboard to creation to the unveiling, it was incredible. It's a, it's a beautiful display. And, and it, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's more or less, you know, trying to come up with a mixture of when we're creating our own, what we think we can do with the skill sets involved and time allowed. And you mentioned the the partnership with DACC, the Delaware Area Career Center. How did you guys create that partnership in the first place? Where'd that come from? Well, I'm very fortunate in the sense that my wife actually began working for them about three years ago. And she really is the one that pushed pretty hard to, to get me involved. And I say that only because at the time I was extremely busy you know, work seven days a week, most days, 14 hour days, but she really talked me into carving out time to get in there and try to pass on some of my construction knowledge. And I instantly fell in love with it. And the feeling that you get from trying to help these young kids experience and, and explore sort of their passion in the industry that's given me so much through the years, it just made it very easy to keep coming back. So 
through the years, it's developed a little more and a little more. And every year I continue to do a little bit more with them. And every year I will continue to do a little bit more with them. And it's just been a great experience. And they're not just designing these displays for you guys. They're welding them. I mean, they're physically creating them, right? Correct. Yep. They, they design them, they weld them, and then we actually come in and help them wire them. So they're actually a part of wiring the displays as well. And they they help put all the the light bulbs in them and everything, which this year there was well over, I believe, 1,500 light bulbs in this display. So they get to see everything from from start to finish. And like I said, clear up to unveiling it to the customer in the end, which Mm -hmm. is Mr. Hutland. And to see the look on his eyes and watch him take a a recording of it because he's so enamored by it and wants to share it. And to be able to see those kids, you know, understand at that moment that, okay, this is what we did. We took it from nothing to something, and here's the real-world application for it. What was the final product that they came up with for him this year? Recreation Unlimited, a few years back, installed an archery, an accessible archery range at their already beautiful facility. Very proud of it, and it was something that really we all enjoyed. Our friends and family that are involved with the show, we all really enjoyed it when we viewed the facility. And so the display basically encompasses a little bit of their logo. It encompasses their name. And then it encompasses a youth in a wheelchair utilizing the archery range, basically. And it's shooting a, a bow and arrow and into a package and it causes the package to explode in the end. And it, it's a really neat display. And like I said, even I was taken back by it when we when we lit it up. We The way we install them, we install all these displays and you have to install them first. And then when you get enough installed, then you start to go back through and light them up. And it was so tough to install the display and have it sit there unlit for two days, three days. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get it lit up. And when, when we finally got it lit up and actuated, it's an awesome display. You also mentioned the charity aspect of what you do. Can you explain that a little bit more? So we're very fortunate in the fact that the guy who originally started the show back in the late 90s, Mr. Steve Cross, he's an incredibly caring, giving individual. And he actually got hooked up with Recreation Unlimited a long time ago and has benefited Recreation Unlimited basically for the duration of the show. So what happened was, was that my wife has actually had experience with Recreation Unlimited through the years, you know, through her job. And she's always been a very big fan of Recreation Unlimited. So when we took over the light show, we knew that we wanted to continue working with them. And we were able to get introduced to Paul Hutland and we honestly just fell in love with it. And we, we knew we wanted to continue to support it, which we do and we will and, and we love it. But then we also decided to bring in a charity that we're very close to, which is a kid again. And then this year, we're even starting to work with Autism Speaks a little bit. And we're just going to keep trying to grow what the show does in the area of philanthropy and, and helping others, especially in, in, during the season. You know, that that's supposed to be what the season's all about. So we're just going to continue to try and keep doing as much good for as many as we can. I noticed that you have special nights that cater to children with autism. How do those work exactly? So what's happened is, is they've picked a couple nights. They're a lower car count. So it allows for families with people affected by autism to come through and experience the show in a little slower, at a little slower pace, maybe. Uh, you know, it's not as much uh, bumper to bumper. We'll have a little bit of extra staff on hand who understands, you know, what the night is for and things like that and able to help assist, you know, hopefully make the night uh, a special night for, uh, you know, some patrons who normally wouldn't be able to experience that. So there are a lot of light shows around our area, around 
all areas around this time of year. And one can debate who has the best show, who has the longest show, the most lights. I think it's pretty easy, to, though, to say that yours has the best name. Butch Bando's Fantasy of Lights kind of rolls off the tongue. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the name and your father, whom it honors? Yes. So our father was just a, a local businessman, and he owned uh, Butch Bando Concrete Incorporated for many years until his passing in 2004. And my sister and I ran his concrete company for uh, about 14 years. And through the years, we were discussing about life beyond the concrete company and what we would do, you know, because we knew that that concrete wasn't going to be a forever thing. It's tough to do for forever. It's, It's a grueling industry. So we sort of, you know, we're trying to figure out a way to continue his legacy and honor him beyond the day when we ultimately would eliminate the functioning of the concrete company, the day to day operations of the concrete company. And when the opportunity arose to to continue the light show, to, to be able to take over the light show and, and continue its already you know great legacy of tradition and, and family, we thought there was no better way to continue our father's legacy than to rename the light show in his honor, especially since our father truly was a very giving, generous human being and, and would do anything for anybody. You know, and, and so we just thought that it would be the best, a great fit, I guess, to you know attach his name directly to a show that brings joy to so many people. And, and like I said, at the same time, continue his legacy and you know honor his memory. And speaking of names, you, Dante, have a great Italian name. Are there any Inferno displays, anything like that, that we would see going through this? No, we have some very neat displays. We have everything ranging from very beautiful classic words spelled out. We have a beautiful American flag that we use, you know, uh, to show our support for our country and our troops. And then we, like I said, we have everything down to the cheesy displays, you know. We have Rudolph bungee jumping, uh, (laughs) bobsledding. Rudolph and Santa are doing just about everything you can possibly think of in this show. So we definitely have a variety. There's something there for everybody. At some point in time, it doesn't matter if you have the biggest Grinch with you in the car. At some point in time, you're going to find a display that you're going to smile at. Outstanding. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We hope the Grinch stays home, or if not, maybe his heart grows a few sizes bigger while going through the display this year. Well, you may just see him pop up, uh, (laughs) you know, so we'll see. All right. Very good. Take care. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.